Good afternoon. Welcome to the Apocalypse Live podcast, hosted by yours truly. And uh, yeah, let's get right into this shit. What do you say? Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody checked out last uh, installment of the podcast. And um, yeah. I think that was a pretty good one. I kind of hinted at sort of uh, rebranding the show once again, which I'm not going to do. I actually enjoy where it is now. I actually kind of have some kind of identity with it. Hopefully uh, we can carry that identity and kind of make it better and build. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but last, you know, last podcast I did, I kind of went off the rails and deviated a little bit and I might do it again. I don't know. Today we're back on schedule and we're going to hit some, uh, some random fucking news, things like that. Uh, uh, but right out of the gate, I did find a little fucking gem that I thought was fairly funny. You've probably already seen it. Um, I stumbled across it a couple days ago. And Key, Florida Station of Counties waves in opposition. Pamela Birch Fort, Florida State Conference of NAACP Branches, waves in opposition. Anita Dick is an opponent. <laughs> waves in opposition. Holden Hiscock is also an opponent. That's right. Waves in opposition. So this is the uh, Florida... State Representative Will Robinson Jr. Um, I guess being tricked into reading fake funny names. Similar of the kind of Mr. Hunt, formerly known Mike Hunt. You know you know the type of funny childish names. I don't know if you've ever been in that place downtown. Uh, it's that cider place. Uh, what is it? Uh, Dickens. Dickens Cider. <laughs> sort of like that. Let's do it again. Conference of NAACP branches waves in opposition. Anita Dick is an opponent. <laughs> waves in opposition. They're the panic. Holden Hiscock is also an opponent. Waves in opposition. 
So you gotta go watch this, like visually watch this video. It's pretty funny. It's a short video. And uh, there's two things going on that really made me laugh the most, other than the obvious name. Um, the first thing was his, like, seriousness. Because he's a man of focus, and he's determined, and he's a public figure, you know, politics, blah, blah, blah. And he's saying these names, and he's having to, like, he has to know what he's saying. And he's he looks up like it's a real name. He kind of plays the part. He sticks with it. He's like, I need a dick. Anyone? Uh, but when he says it, <laughs> you got to pay attention to his assistant next to him, who immediately, her eyes light up. She goes, oh, no. She smiles a little bit. And she starts taking the papers. From, I, I got the papers. Give them to me. <laughs> it's funny. So I enjoyed that. That was a good way to... Uh, Start to show light, I thought. Little funniness. Um, I got a lot of, uh, well, allegedly, I have a lot of things I can go over today. A lot of news, a lot of stuff. Um, I guess I can piggyback off last podcast, um, which I talked about Trump a little bit. Um, and I, I'm not really sure where he's at. I'm not sure how he's doing. Um, to be honest, uh, it's hard to say because you'd like to think that Trump is just going to slaughter like he always does, but it's kind of an odd political landscape this time around. I think, right. It, uh, when I heard he was running again, I've already went over this in the last podcast. I kind of gave my two cents on whether or not I think he should run whether he should run according to Republicans. Does he have the support? Does he still have that same Trump energy, that same Trump speech uh, routine that he was doing, you know, calling people names and bringing intensity? You know, it seems like it, but I'm not going to rehash that again. I I don't like him and DeSantis going at each other's throats, which isn't, it's pretty light right now, but um, apparently, apparently he gave a speech at one of his rallies, I think in Waco, um, and kind of bombed when he started shitting on DeSantis, which is not a good sign. Uh, let's see. It says former president Donald Trump took aim at potential Republican primary foe, Florida governor Ron DeSantis during a recent campaign event, which much of the criticism gathering little enthusiasm from those in attendance um this is a quote from him he says so he came and he really wanted my endorsement i said you can't win can you how do you how what how do you slash can you win that's trump to desantis um sir if you endorse me i'll win please please sir endorse me so trump is basically taking shots at him begging for endorsement and I'm not going to side with either of these clown Republicans right now. But I will say, I mean, in, in DeSantis' defense, you know, what, what Republican in those times was not begging for Trump's endorsement? I mean, almost everybody that got his endorsement won by a landslide. Only a few people didn't. 
which I guess it depends which news story you read. Um, and what I had talked about in the last podcast, of course, was uh, the old in- indictment going on. So we could go uh, kind of brush over where that's at, which, according to Trump, there was no case. And Trump thinks that they've already dropped the case. It's just a fucking political show, per usual. Um, so as you know, or you may or may not know, um, while Trump was campaigning in 2016, um, one of his lawyers, uh, Michael Cohen, had apparently paid Stormy Daniels, the porn star, $130,000 to keep quiet about an alleged affair that they had in the 2000s. Uh, allegedly, Trump had reimbursed said lawyer um, for all the money he spent keeping her quiet. Um, which led to that, you know, Stormy Daniels probe into Trump for years and never went anywhere. Um, so I guess there's some key points to this. Um, first key point being that Trump pretty much said, what, last week? That on Tuesday he was probably going to get arrested. So he got out in front of it, which is smart. That's what you do. Um... Let's see, let's see. He needs to be careful with how he words some of these things. You know, he's shit like take our nation back and urging people to protest. And You know, I'm all about hoorah, like take the country back type of shit. But I mean, after, after January 6th, I think Trump needs to kind of, not that I agree with any of how they've handled January 6th. There's a lot that's coming out still. That we maybe we'll get into. I don't know. I haven't prepared any of that. Um, I'd consider doing a podcast soon once a lot of this finished coming out. Um, all about January sixth. YouTube will probably take it down, but I think it's interesting. I think it's also important to kind of get the word out there, the facts and whatnot. Um, but I think he should probably tread a little lightly. With how he how he talks about protesting, how he urges people to protest. Um, so yeah, he made the post on uh, his site, his social media site that he created. Uh, so again, got in front of it. The second point I think would be, uh, here it is, Bob Costello's testimony. Um, that was Cohen's former legal advisor. Uh, testified for hours. Basically saying that Cohen has a history of lying uh, when it suits his purpose. And Bob Costello had said that uh, Trump had no knowledge of him paying Stormy Daniels this money. Did reimburse the money once he found out. But apparently had no knowledge of this, you know, hush money thing going down. So it's hard for them to kind of put that on Trump. So there's that. Uh, and then DeSantis, DeSantis, so you, I don't know if you've heard, uh, DeSantis being asked, um, while he was doing a press conference about the Trump situation and he did what I figured he would do, which is kind of distance himself from it. You know, he doesn't want to have anything to do with that, which I understand. He did, however, take a shot at, 
we kind of took a, sh- a small shot at Trump, but it's really not even, wasn't even a big deal. He's just a funny guy at times. And he took a shot at the prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, which is the Manhattan district attorney, and called him a Soros-funded prosecutor. And if you're if you're up to speed on anything like news related or politics related, you know about George Soros. If you're up to speed on my particular program, you definitely know about George Soros. Um, and yeah, Alvin Bragg is one of those many district attorneys in our country that were fully funded by Soros. So it's just another person that Soros planted to do his bidding. So I think it was funny. He took a shot at that. I want to know if too, is, is DeSantis actually running for president? I, I hear a lot of talk about it, but I have not like I've yet to hear him say that he is. See right here, DeSantis is a potential top contender. But he hasn't, has he announced a run? Like, am I crazy? Uh, oh, and then the DA abruptly canceled the grand jury meeting, which is apparently a, a, a big sign that there's a lot of either holes in the case or it's a big weakness in the case. And then according to him, Trump created a false expectation by jumping ahead of it, like I said. So it just sounds like he doesn't have a case against Donald Trump. And this is yet again another like smear campaign to try to drag his fucking name through the mud, which is what they've been doing. I mean, unless you're like a super hardcore lefty, like any centrist, even if you don't like Donald Trump, because this really isn't about liking him or not. But any centrist can kind of take a look at the impeachments and all that. Um, the probe, both probes. I don't like how that sounds. Both probes. You can kind of look at that and go, oh, you know, none of it amounted to anything. But it, the damage got done. And I said on the last podcast, the damage is already done to Trump's name. It's All it's doing is weakening his chances of winning in another election. So... I don't know. I guess that's where it stands um, with the Trump situation. Uh, where can we go from here? I mean, we could talk about TikTok, I guess. I'm assuming a lot of you guys have TikTok. Uh, it's a big deal. Um, so there's a, there's a supposedly a ban, uh, a ban on TikTok that they're trying to push, um, banning it in the country. Which seems crazy, but most of you probably know. I mean, no U.S. apps are even allowed in China. Which I think TikTok is... TikTok's not... It's not a Chinese app, per se, but it's definitely owned by the company that... It's owned by a company that is Chinese and the Communist Party owns that that third-party uh, app. Forget what it's called. Uh, where do we start with this? So the CEO, Mr. Fuck is his name. Shu Chu, Shao Chu. Call me a racist. I have no idea. Don't know why his name can't just be William. Um, yeah, so he's testifying in front of Congress and the hearing's been going on for days. Not sure if it's still going. I'm pretty sure it is. 
Uh, but we'll take a look at this first. And then we'll get into the woke side of things. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Let's have a listen here. Apparently there's a video shown uh, during the hearing. Um, and it was a threatening video towards the committee. And it wasn't taken down. Like his, it basically it breached the policy in terms of uh, service. And it still hasn't been taken down yet. When the overall questioning with TikTok is the security of users and privacy in, in China stealing data. So we'll take a look at this real quick. Mr. Show, I'd like to direct your attention to the screen for a short video, if you don't mind. It's a TikTok to the plan, and she'll describe it. Mr. Show. That video was posted 41 days ago. As you can see, it is captioned me as F at the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd of this year. This video was posted before this hearing was publicly noticed. I think that's a very interesting point to raise. But more concerning is the fact that it names this chairwoman by name. Your own community guidelines state that you have a firm stance against enabling violence on or off TikTok. We do not allow people to use our platform to threaten or incite violence or to promote violent extremist organizations, individuals, or acts. When there is a threat to public safety or an account is used to promote or glorify off-platform violence, we ban the account. This video has been up for 41 days. It is a direct threat to the chairwoman of this committee, the people in this room, and yet it still remains on the platform. And you expect us to believe that you are capable of maintaining the data security, privacy and security of 150 million Americans where you can't even protect the people in this room? I think that is a blatant mm, sassy. display of how vulnerable People who use TikTok are. That's a sassy fat woman, take action dude. after 41 days when a clear threat, a very violent threat to the chairwoman of this committee and the members of this committee was posted on your platform. You damn well know that my you cannot part. protect the data and security of this committee or the 150 million users of your app because it is an extension of the CCP. And with that, I yield back. Can I respond, Chair? No. We're going to move on. <laughs> Afraid not. That's a sassy fat woman, dude. Don't that's you don't fuck her food up when she comes out to eat cuz she she's not even a Karen. She's a she's a fucking Monica or something, dude. Like she's going to bring the hammer down. She's getting it remade. She's getting her she's getting her money back. <laughs> um so I think it's interesting. Um, I've watched a lot of this hearing and what I've, what I've come to find out about a lot of these congressional hearings is that, you know, with him and with guys like Anthony Fauci, when it comes to the COVID stuff, they never really answer any questions, man. They, they really don't. Um, it's quite something. Uh, there's another one here. Little excerpts. So, Mr. Chu, if the CCP tells ByteDance to turn over all data that TikTok has collected inside the U.S., even within Project Texas, do they have to do so, according to the Chinese law? Con Congressman, first, I'm, I'm Singaporean. 
Um, that's fine. Yeah. But there are employees of yours <laughs> and by dancers. That's in fine. China. We, we understand this concern. In my opening statement, we said we hear these concerns. We didn't try to avoid them or you know trivialize them. We built something where we take that data and put it out of reach. This is what we did. We put it out of reach. Out of reach, but they own you. No, we put it out of reach by scoring them. ByteDance owns TikTok. If ByteDance is told, and, and the CCP owns ByteDance because the CCP, CCP ByteDance. owns everybody in China. What, what so we, by law, they can make them do whatever they want, and they say that by law, you can't tell anyone about it. So they can make you hand over that data. Is that correct? The data is stored here in American soil by an American well, company you say that. overseen we, by American We thought that, but leaked audio from I a question. This is kind of off topic. Um, I don't know if there's any Dan Crenshaw fans listening, but he's the Texas uh, congressman, uh, the one with the eye patch. Uh, his eye patch doesn't have any straps. Is anyone going to help me with how that eye patch stays in? I know this is has nothing to do with it, but uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's almost like the old single spectacle that just stays in. You know, in the Matrix, how Morpheus's glasses don't have any. Uh, it's it, nothing on the ears holding the glasses. They just sit on his eyes. <laughs> Anyways, just a question. Internal TikTok meeting shows that U.S. user data has been repeatedly accessed from China when you said it hasn't been. Can you say with 100% certainty that TikTok does not use the phone's camera to determine whether the content that elicits a pupil dilation should be amplified by the algorithm. Can you tell me that? We do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. I'm gonna pause this again because I want I wanted to point out this is something that caught my attention. Um, I wanted to point out what he just asked him, uh, the CEO of TikTok, and he's insinuating that this is based off information that he's got in front of him too. That TikTok's algorithm will pick up on. Like you by using your phone camera, like the webcam cam on the front, uh, your pupil dilation for when you're scrolling and you see something that you're interested in, your pupils will actually dilate whenever you start to like pay attention to something because you're interested. TikTok will use that information to feed it to your algorithm, which if you'd asked me when I was 15 years old about this I would have said that sounds super fucking cool but thinking about it as a grown adult like that is some creepy ass stuff dude I, I don't think I want and I don't have TikTok don't get me wrong I don't have any of that shit I think we should ban TikTok and I'm a racist because of that we're gonna I'm gonna explain why in a minute and I just find that's one of the many examples why I think everybody should get off social media. Do I think it's fun and tick, you know, I think I think it, it it does a lot of good, but collectively we should probably get the fuck off all that. None of this would have none of this would be the slightest bit relevant. I understand my take is bias and I'm an old man now. <clears throat> and his kids don't have TikTok by the way. CEO's kids. <coughs> But privacy matters wouldn't be a thing if none of us used the app, you know? We do not. The, the, the only you, you don't 
the, no, the only face data that you get that we collect is when you use the filters to have, say, sunglasses on your face, we need to know where your eyes are. And Why that, do you need it, to know what the eyes are that, if you're not seeing if they're dilated? And, and that data is stored on your local device and deleted after use if you use it for facial. Again, we do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. What you could percentage agree with me that no of other TikTok source this. code is the same as Doan's? What percentage? I, I can get back to you on I don't know what Doan is. Okay, I'd appreciate yeah. that. Where was the source code for TikTok developed? Was it developed in China or in the United States? It's a global collaborative effort. Like a lot was of it developed a lot in, of companies. Was it developed in China? Some of it? Some of it is. Okay, at ByteDance. Can, can the, when it's compiled in the compilation process, can byte code be manipulated? We've talked a lot about source code. What about the byte code, the ones and zeros that actually execute on the device? That, Can it give be you manipulated? Comfort, yes. uh, Congressman, to give you comfort, that's why we're giving third-party monitors. Yes, As an expert, I think you can agree okay. that very few companies have the to report. do this. Mr. Chu, yes or no? Do you have full responsibility for your algorithms used by TikTok to prioritize content to its users? Yes or no, please. Uh, Congressman, I'll, I'll just like to, if respectfully, if you don't mind, I'll just like to start by saying it's devastating to hear about the news of, yes, as a yes. father myself, this is Sir, tragic. yes or no? I'll repeat the question. Do you have full responsibility over the algorithms used by TikTok to prioritize content to its users? Yes or no, please. Uh, Congressman, we, we do take these issues very seriously. Yeah, yes or no? And we do provide resources for anyone who types in anything that Sir, is suicide. Sir, yes or related. no? I see you're not willing to answer the question or take any responsibility for your parents' companies, the technology, and the harms it creates. It's just very, very sad. Very sad. As was pointed out by Chairwoman Rogers, you have regular contact with Chinese Communist Party Secretary Monica Mr. Zhang Fuping, who is your boss at ByteDance, correct? No. No. Mr. Chu, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, oh, you, if no. you use our app and you open it, you will find our users who that's give not, all sorts of content. That's not my question. My question is, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Well, it's deeply concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does on this. It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congressman, I'm here to describe TikTok and what we do as a platform. And as All a right. platform, we allow our users to freely express All their views right. on this issue Earlier and any today, other issue that matters to them. Well, you didn't answer the question. Oh, she brought up the Uyghurs. I've brought up the Uyghurs on this podcast before. You probably remember that. I'm not going to rehash that. Long story short, the Chinese uh, Communist Party is responsible for pretty much enslaving the Uyghur population and putting them in pretty much concentration camps, which we've seen drone footage of. It's easy to find. Um, and, uh, yeah, forcing them into slave labor and uh, murder, actually. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty interesting shit that that's allowed to go on. So I'm going to move on to, let's see, this is why it's racist. Let's see. It's, it's, uh, About identity politics. 
why the hysteria and the panic and the targeting of TikTok. Republicans in particular have been sounding the alarm, creating a red scare around China. Let's not be racist towards China and express our xenophobia when it comes to TikTok. Republicans ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban, ban TikTok. <laughs> Republicans ain't got no swag. That's the problem. Mm, TikTok. Republicans ain't got no swag. That should be a t-shirt. So, yeah, apparently it's uh, racist to be outraged that... I can't believe I just used that word. I, I just... I hate that word. But apparently it's racist to be outraged about TikTok's privacy uh, violations and the potential for China to be stealing U.S. citizens' data. Which, again, if, if you're afraid of that... Um, racist or not, you probably should get the fuck off TikTok. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for you guys. Um, well, we could go on and talk about reparations if you guys want to do that. Um, you probably heard about it, the reparations going on in California. Uh, in San Francisco, to be specific. Um, let's see, December 2022... California's nine-member reparations task force formed by Governor Gavin Newsom, the greatest governor in the fucking planet. He's a douche, a tool, and a clown. Two years earlier, estimated that if a reparations program were ever adopted, each black person in the state descended from slaves could receive as much as $223,000 in compensation for the past injustice. The projected total cost to to California taxpayers, which answers my initial question of where the fuck is that money going to come from, could reach $569 billion. That's a lot of dough. Oh, poor Californians. They bring this on themselves by voting these fucking clowns in office, man. Um, Almost two and a half times the state's current budget which by the way California California is going to go bankrupt at some point if they're not already they have to how the fuck can you operate a state like this just shoveling money at, at, at whatever you want like reparations why don't you deal with the homeless problem and then you can deal with giving black people money for free uh, yeah 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 uh, the task force is due to give its final recommendations in June of 2023, including the exact monetary amount of compensation. Quote, we are looking at reparations on a scale that is the largest since Reconstruction, said one task force member. What a goofy name, task force. Uh, this is my favorite part. Uh, it's like California was never a slave state. It actually entered the Union as a free state in 1850 after its acquisition from Mexico, which had banned slavery in 1833. Uh, no, 37, 1837. So the task force, uh, while dictating that only descendants of slaves, that's the key point there, and I'm going to get to it in a second, uh, can receive payouts, has focused on housing discrimination that took place between 1933 and 1977, but this is just a baseline. Other areas include mass incarceration, forced sterilization, 
unjust uh, property seizures, and devaluation of business might warrant, quote, future deliberation. Oh, boy. Boy, boy, boy. Uh, lawmakers in Democratic-controlled states such as Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and Oregon have similarly introduced or hope to revive proposals to study reparations. So far, only California has successfully advanced the cause. I wonder why that is. Um, its work could become a model uh, not only for where I go, not only for other states, but also for a federal reparations plan. Fantastic. Meanwhile, San Francisco has introduced its own reparations initiative and has proposed a $5 million payment to each black resident. What the actual fuck? So my mind went on a little bit of a roller coaster when I first read this. The story's been out for weeks. Um, when I first read this, my, my initial thought was probably your initial thought if you're listening to me, which is uh, how insane that is. How insane it is to pay that much money for reparations when none of these actual individuals has ever done anything to deserve that kind of reparation. Not to mention reparations for, was designed from the get-go to be a, a repayment of, in the form of an opportunity. An opportunity, an even playing field. You know, way back when when reparations was actually a thing right after slavery, you know, it was in the form of giving black citizens whose family was enslaved um, farmland, an opportunity to thrive and make money and, and support a family and be free, same level playing field. Not to mention, it says everybody who's descended from slaves, right? So what happens when, this is my question, and we'll move on from this. What happens when they start tracing bloodlines all the way back to slavery and it turns out a couple of white people <laughs> have ties to uh, their family being enslaved? Because we think we have all of this just figured out. It's as simple as your skin's white, you're bad, my skin's black, I was a slave. Are they going to give reparations to said white people or... And how many people are actually going to be traced back to slavery at this point in the country? So I guess we'll see. It's just a waiting game to see if this even, you know, sprouts to anything. So that's the reparations. I find it uh, interesting. <sighs> we got a couple news stories we can get to here. How much time we have left? We got some time. Yeah, we got some time. I do want to take a second thank everybody for tuning in to the Apocalypse Live podcast, per usual. Um, I appreciate it, and uh, I love all the support that my uh, program has been receiving lately. And um, I did actually have another podcast that I did um, yesterday. And sadly enough, the software that I use to record my podcast crashed and usually you can recover those lost files in this case completely unrecoverable I've done so much research and 
trying to find the files and I have the files but they're not anything there's nothing there I can't convert them I can't so they're just lost so I had about hour and a half worth of podcast just down the shitter and uh it really kind of sucks man but I, I still appreciate the support I still appreciate everybody uh giving me some uh, some downloads and streaming it on of course Spotify and Apple Podcasts um, and I've seen a little bit of activity on the YouTube channel which you know I don't put too I don't put too many eggs in that basket as most of you know they don't really allow most of my content to stay on there anyways and uh, while they will let you appeal a lot of the videos they take down ultimately they still flag your channel and uh, many of you may have already witnessed this yourself but a couple of those flags and boom there goes your channel so for me in particular I got I think one one more flag on my uh, channel and they'll take the whole thing but in the meantime I'm you know just gonna upload full episodes and hopefully get a little bit of exposure but I don't really rely on it but I still see some activity on there so I just appreciate everybody for uh, sticking it out with me and you know by all means, feel free to uh, comment, complain, give me some kind of recommendation if you want me to talk about anything specific. I know I used to do more specific topics and deep dives on things, a little more conspiracy related and more news now. Um, but yeah, feel free to do that. Give me the feedback. Pretty soon I'm going to have an email up and running for the podcast only. And I'll, of course, advertise that on the show. And uh, at some point, maybe a website. I don't know. Just depends. Depends how many of you guys check out the show and spread the word. Um, well, let's jump to a couple news stories, and then we'll get the fuck up out of here. I don't know where we're going to go first. There's so many I can get to. Uh, we could jump into some COVID-19 news. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, let's see. Appeals court blocks Biden order forcing federal employees to get COVID vaccine. Here we are again. It says on Thursday, the 5th. Or, no, sorry. On Thursday, the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans rejected arguments that Biden is, quote, the nation's chief executive and has the same authority as the CEO of a private corporation and mandating that employees get vaccinated. Uh, opponents of Biden's forced vaccination policy said it was an encroachment in their lives of federal workers, which neither the Constitution nor federal statutes authorize. The ruling was made by the full appeals court of 16 judges and reversed an earlier ruling by a three-judge Fifth Circuit panel that upheld Biden's vaccine requirement. The opinion in Thursday's ruling for a 10-member majority was written by Judge Andrew Oldham, a Trump nominee. Imagine that. Uh, let's see. Biden signed an executive order in September 2021, which required all executive branch agency employees to take the vaccine. I remember that. You remember that. With exceptions made for religious and medical reasons. Blah, 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 blah. The case then went through several... Uh, let's see. Hold on. Where are we at? So basically, Biden tried to do it again. 
And the courts again said, no, I don't think that. And no, I, I, making people take a vaccine, especially at this point, I've still yet to have a single vaccine put in me. And I'm not going to. Matter of fact, I had COVID not even, not even a month ago. Pretty bad, too. But it is what it is. It felt like the flu. And uh, man, I'm all the all the news you get about the vaccine health issues, which we could touch on here in a minute. It's just not the fact. It's still a kind of a joke because I mean, what was it Biden that came out on sixty Minutes recently and and declared that the pandemic is over? If the pandemic's over. Why are you going to mandate people to get vaccines? That's what bothers me. Is it serious or is it not serious? So I think it's good news on our front. Um, and then, of course, the de- declassification of COVID origins has been a news story lately as well. Apparently, Biden signed a bill to declassify the origins. Um, let's see what we got here. It says, having earlier issued his first since taking office, rejecting a bill that would have reversed a Labor Department rule on ESG investing. President Biden signed a bipartisan bill late on Monday that directs the federal government to declassify as much intelligence as possible about the origins of COVID. I'm not even sure what that would really do. The vote tallies meant that the measure would likely have survived a presidential veto had Biden opted to withhold his signature. Um... Of particular interest to freedom-loving Americans who were tyrannicized, censored, banned, and deplatformed for even daring to mention it, myself included, is the smaller matter of whether the virus leaked from a level 4 virus lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, um, or instead the Atlantic proclaimed recently a sick pendulum fuck... (laughs) A sick pangolin fucked a raccoon dog and coughed in someone's bat soup in a wet market. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. The Department of Energy and other federal agents such as the FBI have increasingly backed a lab leak as the likely origin of the virus, while some lawmakers have even suggested uh, suggested Beijing may have deliberately allowed it to spread. So, it, it makes me wonder... How much of this are they actually going to declassify? Like, I'm sure there's, you know, if Biden's all over it, we probably, our government itself probably doesn't know. I mean, let's be honest. So it's, it's probably not going to, you're probably not going to see anything come of it per usual. What else? What else COVID related? CDC, FDA respond to Florida Surgeon General's COVID-19 vaccine safety alert. Says U.S. health authorities have responded to the warning from Florida's Surgeon General about a spike in reports of adverse events following COVID-19 vaccinations. A little bit of what I was talking about a second ago, which is why I haven't got the vaccine. Fuck you, YouTube. I don't care if you take this off. Um, let's see. Rochelle Linsky who was the director of the CDC, and Robert Califf claimed in the response that Dr. Joseph Ladapo, Ladapo, 
Vladipoo. The Surgeon General was misleading the public by focusing on the increase of adverse events reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS. Um, the claim that the increases of VAERS reports and life-threatening conditions reported from Florida and elsewhere represents an increase in risk caused by the COVID-19 vaccines is incorrect, misleading, and could be harmful to the American public, said Walensky. Uh, Walensky heads the U.S. Uh, yeah, CDC, blah, blah, blah. The COVID-19 vaccines were given emergency authorization in late 2020. Um, of course, they forced it. Um, was not tested long enough. Um, Lapido, Lapido said in February that in Florida, the number of reports to VAERS after the COVID-19 vaccines were authorized spiked by 1,700%. While the increases in vaccine administration rose just by 400%. He said, quote, we have never seen this type of response following previous mass vaccination efforts pushed by the federal government. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot, right? That's a, that's a big spike in adverse reactions. So, again... Another another fucking reason why you shouldn't be getting vaccinated, but it's almost like it's one thing I've noticed is that it's like too late. You know, I talk to a lot of people and I'm like, you know, the vaccine thing will even come up and they're like, oh, I got vaccinated. And it's like, well, I, you all are vaccinated. I can't do anything about it. Um, Sorry, distracted. But I think it's it's quite obvious that there's problems with the vaccine. There's a lot of heart in, you know issues that are starting to arise with the vaccine coming out. Um, we could jump into some AI news, I suppose, which we've all we've all been waiting for that to fucking take over. And I guess it'll start at Panera. I don't know if any of you guys eat at Panera Bread. I do not. I don't want a fucking quinoa bowl if I go out to eat. Uh, it's uh, going back to like the whole cashless society thing that I've mentioned in the past. Um, Panera Bread debuts, quote, frictionless palm payment system. Amazon's palm reading payment technology was first introduced at numerous Whole Foods locations in California, enabling customers to pay for their groceries by scanning their palms at checkout terminals rather than using cash or a card. Now, Panera Bread is experimenting with Amazon's cashless payment system as the war on cash marches on. <laughs> on Wednesday, Panera Bread announced plans to roll out a contactless payment method to several stores with additional locations in the coming months. So, I guess, uh, what was a picture of it here? It's a guy, with, literally, it's just a scanner next to their little POS system. He just holds his palm over it and it reads it. Guys, are we seeing a fucking, are we seeing a trend here with like, you've heard about cashless society, you've heard about, you know, moving completely away from cash and card, making it so much easier for the government to just immediately collapse. That's what's going to happen. Here it is, the World Economic Forum, who you've, you've heard me talk about. Um, they tweeted, it says, uh, dethroning cash as king, how digital payments are enabling a shift away from the cash economy. That's what they want. They want 
No more cash. That was the that was the move with crypto, and I think it still is. Um, fake money. That way, the government can completely control all of our money, and then that will later come from, or that'll later stem to rather, the social credit score, which I've mentioned before. And the social credit score, layman's terms, will be along the lines of, you know, if you're deemed a racist, or if you're deemed xenophobic, or homophobic, or whatever, obic-ist, you want to be labeled, which is equivalent to being called a fucking communist in the 50s. But if you're labeled something like that, your social credit score will drop. And the more that drops, pretty soon they can halt all your money. And now you don't have a way to buy anything, pay your bills. You see where I'm going with this. And they're pretty in your face about it. I must say, they don't really hide it. I think that's fascinating. That that's that's the direction they're going in. Kind of all figured that that's the direction they were going to go in. Why not? You know how any way that they can kind of control everything on a global scale. I guess we can talk about the Nord Stream pipeline. So Putin's saying that uh, U.S. intelligence destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline, which is super silly. Um, U.S. intelligence agencies were most likely behind last September's sabotage of the Nord Stream gas pipelines. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin told Russia 24 TV on Saturday. Um, It would be, quote, very difficult to bring the entire truth to light. The Russian president admitted in comments to journalist Pavel Pavel Zarubin in the Kremlin. Nevertheless, Putin expressed his hope that at some point in time it would finally be revealed what was done and how. The Russian leader then cited Hirsch, calling him, quote, an American journalist who recently gained prominence in the world and said that he conducted an investigation and concluded that this blast was orchestrated by the U.S. intelligence. Um... Let's see. There might be a video here. Let's check this out. Oh, it's... Looks like you've been sleeping well. <laughs> Megan, he's back. The my, my pillow it's guy. my and pillow you're looking good. <laughs> um, just... To uh, basically be uh, uh, criticized for, for supporting, because he's been so demonized, and then to anchor me to the demonization that's come to him, Austin Steinbart, I, I believe he is one of the um, most genuine uh, truth seekers, truth tellers, and has trolled all of you. I've watched it happen. He's trolled you, and you've taken the bait. And now he has an opportunity here, uh, having a full understanding. I believe he's got a great understanding of history. He understands what's at stake. Oh, this is the long term, uh, the long form interview. I'm looking for the smaller clip here. I hope that's not the case, by the way, because if uh, if Russia really finds out that we did that, 
they're going to fucking come at us hard, man. And they're, they're, they're hopping in bed with China a lot right now. So that's kind of scary. You really don't want that. Let's check this out. There we go. Jeffrey Epstein, blah, blah, blah. The federal bank, bank bailing out fucking. I'm not even going to get into the bank collapsing. Well, I guess it's not on here. I thought it was on here. Oh, wait, here we go. It's a little, a little John Bound, or no, Greg Reese report. If Alex Jones runs for president in the <laughs> Republican Party, he has a chance of winning. Dude, the young turks. I can't believe Chank Uger said that. What a clown. All right, check this out. I'll let this play for a bit. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Seymour Hirsch, relying on unnamed national security sources, recently published an article on his Substack about the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. Two pipelines, known as Nord Stream 1, provided Western Europe with cheap Russian gas for more than a decade. These pipelines were seen by NATO as a threat to Western dominance. Profits were shared with the Russian government and provided up to 45% of their annual budget. A second pair, called Nord Stream 2, had been built but were not yet operational. NATO was concerned that as long as Europe remained dependent upon these pipelines, Germany would be reluctant to supply Ukraine with money and weapons to fight Russia. And so the Biden administration authorized Jake Sullivan to assemble a task force with members of the Biden White House, the CIA, and the Pentagon to come up with a plan for the destruction of the pipelines. The operation was run by Victoria Newland, Anthony Blinken, and Jake Sullivan. The Navy proposed using a submarine to assault the pipeline directly. The Air Force proposed dropping bombs with delayed fuses. And the CIA argued that whatever was done, it would have to be covert, because if the attack was traced to the US, then it would be an act of war. In early 2022, right after the CIA reported to Sullivan that they had a plan, both Victoria Newland and President Biden publicly threatened to bring an end to Nord Stream 2. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. According to the source, this public announcement meant that blowing up the pipeline no longer could be considered a covert option and that there was no longer a legal requirement to report their plans to Congress. The Americans partnered with Norway, who had their own motivations for the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines, which would allow them to sell more of their own natural gas to Europe. In March of 2022, members of the team flew to Norway to meet with the Norwegian Secret Service, the Norwegian Navy decided on a spot in the shallow waters of the Baltic Sea, a few miles off Denmark's Bornholm Island, 
where the divers, operating from a Norwegian Alta-class mine hunter, would plant C4 charges with concrete protective covers on the four pipelines. Divers were chosen from the U.S. Navy's Diving and Salvage Center in Panama City, which specializes in training deepwater divers to use C4 explosives because they were Navy only and not members of America's Special Operations Command, whose covert operations would need to be reported to Congress. The mission was secretly embedded into an annual training exercise already for June of 2022, known as Baltic Operations 22, or BaltOps 22, wherein the Panama City divers would place C4 explosives with a 48-hour timer attached. But the White House then worried that triggering the explosion within two days of the well-publicized training exercise would make it obvious that America was responsible. And so it was decided that the C-4 would be triggered by a sonar buoy later dropped by plane. The buoy would emit a sequence of unique low-frequency tonal sounds to trigger the explosives. On September 26, 2022, a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane dropped the sonar buoy. The signal spread underwater, and a few hours later, the high-powered explosives were triggered and three of the four pipelines were put out of commission. According to Hirsch's national security sources, it was a beautiful cover story. It was a covert operation that placed experts in the field and equipment that operated on a covert signal. The only flaw was the decision to do it. Reporting for InfoWars. Well, I guess we did blow it up. I wasn't, uh, I, I was not under the impression that we blew that up. Seems to me like we're at war with Russia, fighting it proxy style through Ukraine, which I believe sincerely because we all know the threats of uh, nuclear war. We don't want that. We do want to take Russia out, according to our sitting commander-in-chief. And not only did we pull that off, but constantly supplying Ukraine with weapons, jets, and a shitload of our money. Billions and hundreds of billions of dollars we've given them. And I vote we stop doing that, by the way. So I find that fascinating, too, that, I, I mean, Putin has to know that we've done this. He has to. I just don't see, uh, I guess they're fighting a proxy war with us as well. I guess he's being covert with his stuff, with his information. I don't know how many people close to Putin he can actually trust. Um, most of the world wants to arrest him for war crimes, but don't forget the United States plays dirty as well, which plays into us pulling something like that off. So I don't know. It's worth looking into. Haven't done much research on that. Um, I've seen that video. Um, and if you, if you want to know where I got that video from, of course, infowars.com. Um, Alex Jones's network site, uh, John Bound does, and Greg Reese, who that was, 
do perfect little reports about things like that. So I like to play some of those on my show every now and then just to kind of give you a nice three, four minute synopsis on what's going on and as something in, you know, unfolds so we can kind of talk about it and, and track it live time, see what's going on with it. But I think that's an interesting, I'd say interesting take, but in true Alex Jones fashion, there's paper trail that you can follow and kind of see where that information came from. This Hirsch guy apparently knows his shit was working on the inside. Um, and yeah, if we, if it's true that we did pull that operation off, um, I don't think that was the right move. I could, I could obviously see why we would want to do something like that. Um, I think the way we've handled Russia this whole time has been incorrect. I think the way that Trump, and I'm not saying that as a Trumper or a Trump supporter. We all know where I stand right now with Trump. But I do think that the way that he handled other countries, uh, North Korea, Russia, even China, is the way to go. Just go ahead and go right at them. Um, set the tone early. I mean, do you, you really think that Russia would have tried pulling off this shit with Ukraine if uh, Trump was in office? I don't think so. I don't think China will be in bed with Russia as closely as they are now if uh, Trump was still in office. I just don't, I just don't believe that. All right. Um, let's wrap this up. I am out of time. Um, again, I want to point out how grateful I am for everybody's uh, support for the podcast. Can't say it enough. Please keep it up. Please keep supporting it. I will keep doing it if you guys want to hear it. Um, make sure you check out the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Radio Public, RedCircle.com, bunch of places. You can check it out everywhere. Anywhere you can get a podcast, Podbean, wherever. Check it out. It's there. Make sure you support it across the board. Um, Make sure you go to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe button. Um, make sure you share the videos, get the word out there as long as the channel's still alive. And uh, keep it up. I appreciate it. And that's it. I will see you guys next time.